0: We
1: thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of here and just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left.
2: 372 wide sticks.
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
0: Well, how am I
3: going to go to college? I'll just play football.
2: What's up? Here I am. What's that uh, Simon and Garfunkel song? I think the title of it is The Only Living Boy in New York. And it's just one of the hook lines in the song over and over is, Here I am. Yep, here I am. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Throughout the state of Mississippi, hometown heroes in all 82 counties. I'm Matt. We stay connected to you around the clock, not just when we're on this show, but around the clock. It could be tweeting or uploading or live streaming and you name it. We stay connected around the clock with you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. In fact, I tweeted to you and posted on Facebook to you yesterday morning. Thanks to C Spire. To let you know that I was under the weather yesterday, and there would be no show. As it turned out, Roger was kind of under the weather too. Both of us in the same day. I mean, and it has those two we're things down. are not not linked. Roger, yep. I mean, you know, we were miles away, but here we are, and uh, so we were able to give you a heads up. So I had some kind of crud jump all over my back. In fact, now I've had the sure enough flu. March of 2018, I came down with a sure enough flu that it was the it's the worst thing I've ever experienced in terms of an illness. Uh, not close. It, there's nothing else to compare it to, as far as I'm concerned. Now, this thing that popped up over the last couple of days, I thought there's some flu in it. It feels in certain ways like flu, but it's not as bad as what I had in 2018. <laughs> and I've got to go to the doctor. And sure enough, flu test came back negative. Thank goodness. But uh, they treated me pretty heavily, so the shot got that. Uh, No way I would have been able to carry on a two-hour radio show yesterday. Today, I don't actually feel that bad. Just lightheaded, dizzy, short of breath all the time, and an incessant cough right on cue. Thank goodness for the cough switch. So anybody watching the stream on Twitter Periscope here in the first hour, uh, you'll see me using that a whole bunch. Uh, For whatever reason, my Facebook stream bugged out here, so we'll get it going for the second hour if we miss the first hour with Dip, Let me give you a heads-up, too. Hey, um, I think it'll be interesting. In the second hour of today's show, Parrish Alford, who covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Daily Journal, is going to be on the show. Parrish uh, was there for Ole Miss's baseball win, a one-run win over Southern Miss last night in Oxford. So a big win for Ole Miss. Good ball game. That's uh, coming up. Also coming up, we do have time to jump into Mississippi State baseball, the kind of the head-scratching, just horrible loss that they suffered last night at home to an 0-9 team from the SWAC in Texas Southern who went in there and beat them, beat State last night in a midweek game. Plenty of time to get into that. But coming up in like one minute, um, we're going to have Jay Perry on the phone. Uh, director of player personnel, Mississippi State football, and talk a little bit about what the guys are going through. This is the NFL Combine this week, and they're out there today and going through interviews and all that kind of stuff. So right off the bat, Roger really has his hands full because he's getting one guy on the phone, and we're going to talk to the other one real quick who's already there, and that's Chicken Hawk to start us off today on the Davini Equipment phone line. Hey, Chicken Hawk. Uh,
0: looking here, brother. I got to clear something off my hope Brooks this list Oh uh, I went. To, what I was saying a while ago, because he was talking about him and his kid. He was taking his kid in school and all that. See over here, you know, for the children that go to school over here, it, uh, and for you children up yonder, you know, some of these children over here go to that school up yonder. You know, when they graduate, I don't know why, but anyway, these children over here are not allowed to have their phones. And I was telling him how much of a Hawkeye that Miss Blue was, and they call her Hawkeye, and you know what the last name is. They call her Hawkeye, and uh look, uh, boy, she be tearing them up. But the thing is, see, Brooks, Brooks is kind of like Jake. I think he just hears he had that selective here, and here's what he wants. But here's the story, Bob, tell you. If you are one of them children that go to the school over here to the east, you know that's uh east of the big school over at Martin, Hail Panthers, Hell State. <laughs> the deal is, you get caught, what kind of little one of your little shirts, you know your. Book pack or whatever, texting them. Then they, uh, Miss Lou the the Hawkeye, takes your phone and carries it up to the office. All right, carries it to the office. Mm-hmm. All right, you have a choice. Your parents can come and pay $25, and I don't know what kind of phone that goes into, to get you your phone back, but if the parents don't want to, to teach you a lesson, then you go to ISS, in school suspension. You don't get kicked out of school, man. Not for that,
2: you go to ISS. Hey, but what it about that? All kids. right, let's wrap it up with this, Chicken Hawk. What about that twenty-five dollar uh, fine? I've got a guest hanging on, but I want to know the issue was that you didn't you say they fine them twenty-five bucks? Yeah, but it's not like the,
0: the kid. You know, they, they, they take the phone and that they carry it to the office. The parent has the option. Of paying $25 to get them a phone back or teach them a lesson okay. and not pay it the $25. So they don't, yeah, they ain't finding the children okay. the children per se. Right. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. They go to the so, so
2: we can to say, say this, podcast. Chicken and then I we can say this, and now I got to split. And that is to the person who said, oh, well, if you, you try to find me as a parent $25, I'm going to laugh in your face. Well, you can laugh all you want to. And little Johnny's going to go without that phone because it's in a drawer up in the office. Chicken Hawk, thanks for your call, man. See you. See you. All right. That's a good start on the divini Equipment phone line, a little recap of a conversation earlier on Chris's show from Chicken Hawk. Now let's pick it up another notch. It is the week of the NFL Combine, and on your radio right now at this very moment, on the Davini Equipment phone line, is Jay Perry. Now, if you listen to Mississippi State football games on the radio, you know uh, Jay's voice and know who he is. Uh, but if not, you you may not. He is the Director of Player Development at Mississippi State. I think Coach Leach, uh, Jay, wanted to call you the czar, like the official football czar. I like that title better, for the record.
3: You know, it, it, not, first of all, great to be with you as always, but it's even better. He gave me a choice. One of the first nights, in fact, I think it was the first night, Coach Leach was in town. I picked him up, and we'd done a few events, eating dinner at the Gethra here in Starkville. We were sitting outside on campus, and we got talking about titles, and Coach Leach said, you know, I'm not much one for titles. He said, I don't know if yours will stay the same or not. I said, I don't really care. You can be the czar, emperor, king, whatever you choose. And I said, well, Coach, if it's all the same, to I'm going to a czar. <laughs> now, unfortunately, it has not stuck, and no one has referred to me as that, and that's probably a very smart move on their part. So, <laughs> no, Director of Player Development will still be an accurate title for me uh, with Coach Leach and the new staff.
2: Okay, so Director of Player Development. And we all kind of know what that means, but what I thought I would do with you, I just find it interesting, uh, and I want to kind of backtrack on something. So you've got there at State, you got – Seven players invited to and attending and working out this week at the NFL Combine. Those are Brian Cole and Cam- Brian Cole, Cam Dancer, two DBs, the linebacker Willie Gay, receiver Stephen Gidry, two offensive linemen Tyree Phillips and Daryl Williams, and then the defensive lineman Chauncey Rivers. Now, Jay, do I remember you and Daryl Williams? going ahead and beginning and making some trips and stuff and beginning the whole process of, of preparing for what the combine is going to be like, even going back to last year?
3: Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a pretty interesting deal. Uh, the NCAA puts on an annual uh, event. They call an uh, NFL Elite Athlete Symposium. And what it is is it's guys from around the country that they select that are uh, both leaders on and off the field with their particular team, and they invite them to Indianapolis. It is put on in conjunction, at least from a timing standpoint, at the Combine there at Lucas Oil Stadium. It is not in any way related to the Combine, but it's a pretty good event. So Daryl was selected to go. I went with Daryl. And we go through two and a half days fairly arduous, and We would start early and finish at 8, 9, 10 at night. Going through different things, preparing for your final season, preparing for what the combine might look like, whether it be interview preparation, whether it be the testing, whether it be social media, and uh, being more confident about what you have on your social media. So, a really neat event. Daryl got to go, as you said, last year, so hopefully that will uh, help out with Daryl. He, of course, got to Indianapolis on Monday, and he'll be going through some Uh, position coach interviews, and medical exams, media stuff, psychological testing, all of that for the offensive linemen today.
2: Okay. Um, From a program standpoint at Mississippi State in your case, what do – you know, like let's say after the season, we kind of know what the schedule is like for a player during the season. He's practicing, going to class, playing games on a weekend. But once that finished, you know, once Thanksgiving's over – or let's just say once you get into January after bowl season, what has it been like for those seven players? What does the program do for them to help them prepare for the for the um, combine?
3: Yeah, great question. Couple of things. Number one, all of those guys are very much invited to stay here and to continue training. You know, they they can work with uh, now with the Coach Tyson Brown and his strength staff. But they're encouraged, if they would like, to stay here. Many of these guys have apartment rents. They still have their leases. Uh, some of them are wrapping up a couple of classes here and there. So they are certainly invited to stay. And if they choose to do that, we'll work them out separate from our guys, obviously, because at that point, uh, your working out becomes a little bit more focused in terms of the events that will happen at the Combine. If they choose not to do that, that's fine with these guys and we typically Matt, start this in december if not earlier where we start going through some nfl interview prep we start going through some things they can expect us. not everyone got to go to indianapolis like daryl did last year so mm-hmm. we try to help them understand the process like so many things it's the fear of the unknown of the process that is uh tough to deal with sometimes as the process itself. So we're trying to take some of that out. In the past, we have invited NFL agents to come in, speak to our guys on the selection process of an NFL agent, what that looks like, questions they should be asking. I've drafted uh, gosh, probably 30 or more questions that uh, I'll go over with some of our guys they can ask uh, a potential NFL agent. Same thing with a financial advisor. Pitfalls to watch out for. Where they're going to work out, who's paying for that workout, what happens if they're not drafted. You know, just things that uh, you may not think about because you're focused on preparing for the combine or preparing for the pro day or preparing for the draft. And so we just try to help uh, ease that process along.
2: Sure. Jay Perry on your radio right now, Director of Player Development, Mississippi State Football. They've got seven players at the NFL combine this week. Jay, what about pro day? Um, I guess you've got a lot of people that are planning on coming on the campus to see these guys at Pro Day, right?
3: Yeah, no question. I mean, obviously the seven guys have to come. by. Now, historically, what will happen, Matt, as you well know, let's take a Willie Gay, for example. Uh, Willie, of course, will uh, he arrived yesterday. They'll do some measurement stuff. Today. In fact, they've done it. I think I saw that his hand measurement was like 10 and a quarter. Mm. Or, or something fairly fairly big, his weight was about 243. So uh, a lot of people really watching what Willie Gay does uh, at the Combine. But what will historically happen, let's say Willie goes out and runs a really fast 40. He probably will not run that 40 a Pro Day. Or let's say uh, Tyree Phillips goes up and puts up a ton of 225 in terms of rest. He may not lift. At at Pro Day. Mm. Uh, Now, what you have, though, beyond those guys, is you have a whole bunch of other guys, 17, 18 other guys that did not get invited to the combine, but that will be at Pro Day. And so with those guys, Pro Day takes on a little different meaning in terms of what they need to do, the events they're going to do, the on-field workouts, you know, some of those guys got to play in some big bowl games, and they got seen by some of the NFL personnel, and some didn't. So it becomes an important day. March 26th for us will be our pro day that a lot of people don't understand. It's a little bit of a misnomer. We don't actually put on the pro day. It's put on by the NFL. We just help uh, make sure the process runs smoothly, and we try to make sure that we can facilitate those things for the NFL scouts and the team personnel.
2: How about that? That's an angle on it that, I honestly, I didn't know. Uh, Jay Perry on your radio. And, uh, Jay, another thing I'm not sure I was totally aware of, I saw some stuff on Twitter, you know, in regards to the whole player development world. Um, one was the um, – I'm trying to think what it was uh, the net the networking night now I'm familiar with that That's I've seen that before where players get access to professional people out in the working world who maybe do what they want to do or are majoring in so I've seen the networking night but what about um, this classroom type environment with a guy on campus where they're basically trying to get them prepared for life after football what was that all about?
3: you know uh now, I'm super proud of some of the things that we're doing at Mississippi State. have been for a couple of years, but we're working really, really closely with the Office of Student-Athlete Development, which is the department-wide life skills initiative. Uh, ben Rodriguez is the assistant AD in, in that building and that venue. We do a lot of things independent of that here at the football building, and then we do a ton of things in conjunction with those guys. And, we just had some really, really good events. We do a ton of things. We do things in the fall, but as you have alluded to, it's a little tougher to do some of those things with the season. So once we get into the second semester in the spring, we really start to hammer home some of these uh, life after football. Because, look, I mean, we, we know, and the good Lord doesn't tell us when, thank goodness, but there will become a day when you hear the final whistle. Mm-hmm. And and for some of these guys, it may be after a very long and lucrative career in the NFL, and I hope it's that way we're all of our guys. But we know that that's typically not what happens. We typically don't have that. Most guys don't make it to the NFL. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we prepare our guys for that life after football. We're embarking on some neat things. John Cohen, our athletics director, is fully behind and supportive, working on some new initiatives that we've titled over here that I'm calling Dogs for Life, where we're going to do some additional things, working on some mentors, working on some guys to help with that transition into the real world. But we'll do events, personal finance. We've got an event coming up on March 3rd for our first and second year players where we go over personal finance. We'll do foundations of leadership, which is a pretty neat deal, professional attire, Job search strategies. But you know, Matt, I don't know how, what you you and I have not really spent a ton of time talking about this, but probably the biggest one for a lot of our former players is, is one that we call athletic identity. And unlike a guy like me who was, who's a super old guy, and we didn't play football until you we were in about seventh grade, now these guys are playing at age five and six. Right. So all of a sudden, you get back from a bowl game. You've graduated, you've exhausted your eligibility, the cost of attendance and the personal transportation and rent checks aren't coming anymore, Mm -hmm. you get off the bus, you you stand in front of your car at the SEAL building, and all of a sudden now as a 23-year-old or a 22-year-old, it's over. And so much of who you are in your mind is wrapped up around your identity as a football player. And so that's been a real focus of ours working through that, working through the fact that uh, a former or a current student athlete identity is so, so much more than that. So, yeah, I appreciate you asking about that. It's something we're pretty proud of, and, and we continue to work very, very hard on. You know, we tell parents all the time when we have recruits on campus that when you entrust your young man to us, not only are we going to try to develop him as a football player, but when we give him back to you, we're hoping we're going to give him back as a better father better husband a better son a better parent uh, a better man and so hopefully we can do that through some of these these
2: events yeah really cool stuff and you know my hat's off to you it's very much needed wish that stuff had been around 20 25 years ago but glad it's around now jay appreciate some time we're going to be watching the combine this week with great anticipation thank you man
3: oh, really <laughs>
2: yeah thank you that's jay perry uh, Director of Player Development, Mississippi State. So, seven players from State at the Combine this week. I mentioned those to you earlier. Offensive lineman Tyree Phillips and Darrell Williams. Defensive lineman Chauncey Rivers. You know, Tyree and Chauncey both played at East Mississippi Community College. So did safety Brian Cole, who's also at the Combine. You got Cam Dansler, Willie Gay, and Stephen Gidry there also. For Ole Miss, they've got four players at the Combine this week. Defensive lineman Josiah Coatney. D-lineman Benito Jones, running back Scotty Phillips, and uh, D-lineman Kadir Shepard. Uh, so those are some you know names of players that are from the local schools. Southern Miss has one player at the combine. That's a receiver in Quez Watkins. So seven from state, four from Ole Miss, one from Southern Miss. And then all those schools you heard Jay say are going to have their pro day coming up later. It will happen between now and the draft, which is in April. So you go to the combine, then come back and have Pro Day on campus. And I didn't realize it, but what he said is the school itself doesn't organize and put on Pro Day, even though it's at state's facilities or at Ole Miss's indoor facility. He says the NFL comes in and puts on the Pro Day. We just have to make sure we facilitate whatever they need. I didn't realize that. I thought it was a school doing it. Interesting stuff. All right. I'll get into some of your texts on the country-pleasing text line. Coming up next, stick around.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: All right. Back on the show with you. Now, I do think I have the uh, Facebook stream up and going now. For those that are tuning in on Facebook, uh, appreciate you. And uh, sorry about the hiccup a little bit earlier. I didn't get it started on time. But better late than never. Yesterday was never, right? And thanks for all the well wishes for uh, recovery from whatever illness jumped all over my back after Sunday, uh, after the Sunday baseball game. and started in, and by yesterday, it, boof it hit me hard and I did not go away and I was worrisome that it was the beginnings of something really bad but most of the bad tests came back negative and so but I got some sure enough meds the big ones and the bad ones sure did at least and you're able to sleep huh yeah last night I was able to sleep uh for a, a little while thing. anyway <laughs> it, but honestly Roger's two nights in a row where even the medicine you take that's supposed to help you sleep and only helped me for a little while um
0: awesome
2: yeah, and um, like this morning, you know, I got up around two a.m., wide awake. I'm up and coughing my head off, and all this kind of stuff, and then went back to sleep at about four. And so, you know, it's just there's a lot of people going through that kind of stuff. None of Welcome this to
1: it, your to your eighties,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? But none of it is bad as what you went through yesterday with a back that uh, was flaring up on you, which is awful. So. uh and Glad this weather,
0: anybody out there who's got a touch arthritis knows this week's been hard.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. I <laughs> don't know
0: what exactly the weather conditions are, but uh,
2: yeah.
0: I'll be leveling it over.
2: Hey, and to the people on Facebook who are just tuning in uh, on the live stream, yeah, so at the beginning of this hour we had Jay Perry on. He's the uh, Director of Player Development for Mississippi State Football. He's also our sideline analyst on our radio broadcast. But uh, Jay, heavily involved with these guys who are participating in the NFL Combine. It's going on this week in Indianapolis State has seven players up there, all different positions and that kind of thing. And he talked a little bit about the process and stuff when they start way back a year ahead of time, getting certain guys ready for the combine that they know are going to go. And then he also talked a little bit about then they come back to pro day, and we learned that the school itself doesn't actually put on pro day for these seniors. The NFL does it. The NFL comes in and puts on the pro day, but you just have to, as the school, kind of facilitate them. And so – Anyway, it was an interesting deal, and so what I would say to you on Facebook is if you missed that because I didn't stream it, uh, I'll get that posted for you later on the Facebook page so that you can go back and watch that interview with Jay at facebook.com slash radio Wyatt. Uh, Got some texts from more bully and doggone and others coming up on the Country Pleasing text line. By the way, got my Country Pleasing neon green hat on. Check it out. Country pleasing sausage available on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. It is the best sausage you can buy and put on your plate. Trust me on that. They don't use any junk. They don't put parts as a part of the makeup of their sausage. It is strictly hand-picked hams, bacons, and pork loins. That's what goes into it. And all the flavors are fantastic. And you can find them in your grocery store near you in the South throughout the Southeast. Uh, they also do have the butcher shop right there, at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence. So stop in if you get a chance. I missed my daily breakfast dose of country pleasing sausage yesterday because I was sick as a dog. Didn't want anything. Couldn't even hardly stand up. I was so dizzy. That's serious. But, but I got it. Yes, I got it today. I made up for it today, Roger. And here's Double the thing. Up. I didn't double up, but here's the thing about it. I eat a little bit of that sausage every morning for breakfast, but this is during the midst of I'm also losing weight very intentionally. I have lost somewhere in the neighborhood of about 15 pounds since I began a diet routine where I just basically limit my calories. And so I'm limiting my calories every day, but I'm eating country-pleasing sausage every morning. (laughs) And I'm still... Caveman diet. That's right. And I still have lost about 15 and got about another 15 to go all uh, that's right the unknown property of the sausage over there yeah that's right that's yeah, right yeah. eat sausage lose weight lose weight you didn't think it was possible but it is i'm living proof t-shirts coming next to <laughs> who gets the profits on those t-shirts though uh, uh, anyway. i'm pretty sure he will yeah happy for him to have it okay um i bet i know what jay in baltimore wants to talk about right now on the divinity equipment phone what's up jay Matt, I certainly hope to be
1: the voice of reason, the voice of calm for this Bulldog baseball team, (laughs) but I'm struggling this morning. We played Texas Southern. We go into the day with a, what, a 250-team batting average, and we drop down to 247, so really not good. Mm -hmm. I was wrong the other day. We don't have an opposing left-handed pitching problem. Uh, We have a hitting problem, Um, but, look, it's going to come turn around. I know that. We all have to be patient. Think about it. We lost Mag, uh, Mango, Magnamie, Skelton, Gilbert, and a lot of true freshmen out there uh, batting. So I think we're going to be okay. Here's my only quote: our, our, we have to have more competitive at bats. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I put that on Gotro. I put that on Lamonas.
2: Listen, um, Jay, the the word com- or the phrase uh, "competitive at bats." That is exactly what you- has got to happen. I watched that game online yesterday and it, it was a grouping of a lot of the least competitive at-bats throughout a Mississippi State lineup that you've seen in a while. Obviously, it led to the worst loss in a while. I credit Jordan Westberg For saying it after the game, this was an embarrassing loss. Anybody in this dugout, whether they were starting in the lineup, in the pen, on the mound, or sitting on the bench, better be embarrassed by this loss because it was embarrassing. And it's not that so much that you didn't get pitching. Look, it's in the midweek, right? And that was a terrible pitching outing for State yesterday. You know, they pitched the Hunt kid, who hadn't seen the mound yet in the second inning. He loses control. And walks a bunch of guys, and you know, and it led to runs. And then, you know, Texas Southern put the bat on the ball. It's an 0-9 swag team. But State's inability to put the ball in play. And here's the thing that bothered me the most, Jay, is watching it. Now, all of this stuff is easier said than done. It's all easy for us to analyze watching it than to actually be in the batter's box and do it. But the left-handed at-bats, that's really what killed you. I mean, you got a pretty good at-bat or two from Foskey, who's a righty, and facing a right-handed pitcher. But this right-handed pitcher yesterday for Texas Southern, what did he do? He threw slow. He didn't throw hard. He threw slow. And the ball really moved left to right, meaning his fastball had a lot of run on it, kind of tailing away yep. from the left-handed hitters. And so what did he do? He just pitched them all away on the outside part of the plate, over and over and over. And not one left-handed hitter, the entire ball game against that guy, went up there and said to himself, I'm just going to hit the ball hard the other way. I don't even care if I hit it foul. I'm just going to show him that I can hit it hard the other way. Every one of them went up there trying to pull the ball and trying to pull the ball. And when they did make contact, it was weak. And sure, he's throwing 84-mile-an-hour fastballs, okay? But that's no excuse... It was an approach thing I mean, there's no excuse For left-handed hitters Against a righty who's pitching you away With all that run To go up there trying to pull the baseball When he's throwing with that little velocity Because you go Well, if you've got an away approach What if he busts you in And throws it a little harder Well, so what? He's what, What's he going to do? Run it up to 88? You still have the bat speed to turn on it, You know, and so and that's what- Go ahead
1: well, and that's right. And you've got to, when I say competitive bats, so it's exactly what you're talking about. You got to put a little bit of pressure on that on the on the defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, these pop up fly and there's just no pressure at all. You're looking looking for an error, any way to get on base. Um, I'll leave you this one stat that just is kind of alarming: eight strikeouts for a leadoff hitter Rowdy Jordan. He's already uh, seven games into the season, one third away from what Mangum did all year. Mm-hmm. So uh, we know he got he he was on it. He got in a slump early last year. We we know Rowdy Jordan's going to come out of it, but sooner rather than later. Appreciate it, Matt.
2: Yeah, thanks for the call. And you know, Lamona may already be in a situation where he's got to start looking at juggling parts of the lineup. Um, you know, depending on what kind of pitcher they're seeing, I don't know. But you're right. A lot of strikeouts to lead off spot from from Rowdy. And I just think throughout the lineup, they're lacking confidence. And um, it started when they saw really good pitching last weekend against Oregon State. All right. Text me, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. We'll get to them next. Stick around.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Back with you in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Your local Farm Bureau insurance agents throughout and across the state of Mississippi in all 82 counties. They are your hometown heroes. You know, Roger, I was talking about sleeping, and I don't guess it really had you know much last night to do, or the last two nights to do with my mattress as much as it did just, um, you know, getting the crud here. And being sick and then yesterday getting a steroid shot that who knows when that's going to make you wired
0: <laughs> but it's nice to have a a good bed while you know while you do recover
2: well you know what's happening at my house today a new mattress is coming i'm in. getting a new mattress it's showing up <laughs> and here's what's cool i'm here's what i'm ex- california uh yes california king and here's what okay. i'm excited about it comes in a box where it's basically shrunken you know what i'm saying like george Jetson's car right it's like not it, it's it's like a big foam mattress that's inside of a packaging where they suck all the air out of it so it shrinks it down to as little as possible
0: <laughs> it looks like from what i saw on the website about the size of one of those pop-up
2: tents when you've got it yes. in the bag yeah. right that's about that's right that's kind of what it's like it's coming from nest and wild those of you who've watched the show and Listen to the podcast and listen to the show. You've heard me talk about them. Uh, Nest and Wild. It's a great Mississippi company. The folks are right here at home. I know them. And they are making and selling and delivering all American-made mattresses. From the mattress to the base to the the pillow tops to everything. It's all American-made. It's nestandwild.com. And Annabeth and I are getting a new California King from Nest and Wild. And here's the thing. Okay, I've mentioned this before. If you're listening, I know, some, I know some have actually taken advantage of this and bought a Nest and Wild mattress and use this code. It works, okay? You go to nestandwild.com. You use the code BULLY20. It's bully 20 BULLY20. It gets you 20% off the cost of any size mattress, and it gets you a free pillow top mattress cover with your order okay, at nestandwild.com. Mississippi Company, mattresses are all American-made. They have great prices. Every mattress is 12 inches thick, not like the 8-inch or the 10-inch like you're sleeping on now, like others are selling. It is really high-quality stuff. Uh, Check it out if you haven't already. I'm excited, and I'll give you an update tomorrow as to uh, how the whole process goes. We have a very narrow stairwell leading up to our second floor of our house. Roger, the current california king mattress that we we're sleeping on the literally the only way that that thing is in the upstairs of the house is the fact that it's foam and i could bend it in half you know what i mean like oh, I so could, you've
0: already got a foam one
2: right an old one i mean it's thin it's much thinner and so i'm really excited that it's coming in a box it's kind of got it suctioned in tight where we can get it upstairs e- easily and then we can you know let it fill up with air and and then sleep on it tonight for the first time so i will give you a report from tomorrow All right, here we go. This is the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. Just look for this logo right there if you're watching the stream, the uh, Big Red Hog, and uh, it'll be the best sausage you've ever had. This from uh, Casper who says, It's Matt. Yep, I'm back. I'm back, barely, but I'm back. Doggone on the Country Pleasing text. What does Chicken Hawk and Jim from Tuscaloosa have in common with Trump? You either love them or you pull your hair out. <laughs> Gay, let's see, that's not for us. Let's see. More bullies said when we had Jay Perry on, he said, Please tell coach to stop putting ice in a glass. Yeah, he had some background noise going on during the interview, didn't he? Somebody messaged in and said, What's he doing playing Jenga and losing? Somebody said, What's he doing playing dominoes? <laughs> Yeah, there was a little background noise, but still, I thought it was a good interview. Uh, Steven on the country pleasing text, he says, "Assume MSU doesn't make the NCAA tournament. What's your next step with Ben Howland?" Well, uh, I'm in the um, I'm in the number that believes that Coach Howland's doing a good job. Now, I don't think you'd look at the body of work to this point and say that he's doing a great job. A great job is not only getting into the NCAA tournament once, it would be, you know, maybe getting there multiple times and then winning a game or two. You know, maybe winning an SEC tournament, something like that. And that's tough to do with where Kentucky is and where Auburn has been. Auburn may not be there long, though, because of this. NCAA stuff that's coming their way. They're, they're sitting on a notice of allegations, Auburn basketball is right now as we speak. Um, but anyway, um, I think he's done a good job, Hedge it a five seed. You look at the number of wins. The wins are there over the last five years or whatever that he's been there. Um, they're in the upper half of the SEC in terms of wins in men's basketball. And so you look at that and go, well, I, I don't know that that's the kind of it's not the kind of resume on paper that you fire somebody for. Now, what the decision makers have to do is with every single solitary detail in front of them, they go, well, if we miss the tournament this year, you know, where are things financially? And paired with what direction is the program going? Is this thing still trending in the right direction? And we believe in the direction it's going. Because if you don't, As a leader, as a decision maker, you're actually making a mistake to stick with it if your gut tells you you're going the wrong direction. So I know you're asking me, you know, what's your next step with Howlin? I'd have to take a long look at it. I wouldn't dare sit here and call for his head, but I would say, you know, if you miss the tournament this year, you just have to sit down and take a really close look at it and go, okay, look, you know, is, is all this stuff still trending in the right direction? And was this more of a transition year than you realize? And stuff like that. Um, I, I don't think it's an easy just snap your fingers and go, oh, we keep him. Or, oh, yeah, he's gone. You know, I think it's if you miss the tournament this year, you do have to take a really good, precise look at it to decide those things. Hope that answers your question. Nick on the country pleasing text. The only thing that matters in baseball is the postseason. One loss in February doesn't mean a thing if state is hosting in May. Now, I absolutely agree um, that early season baseball will fool you nine out of ten times. There are, you know, there are a lot of teams that don't play well early in the year that they're playing their best at the end of the year at the right time and they make a run in Omaha. Uh, That happens all the time. So nobody should flip out about State losing to Texas Southern. It's not the time to flip out. Now, every fan should be concerned when you see it because they shouldn't lose to them. You know, last week there were some people kind of flipping out that uh, Ole Miss struggled with uh, Alcorn State. Well, it's early in the season. You get a win, and who cares if it's in 10 innings? There's a win. is a win at home. And so I think um, you do have to just take a very measured approach. And look, for State, if you – let's just go if right here, okay? If you look up at the end of the year and State is hosting in the postseason, it will mean that that loss last night, will be like the only one of its kind this season for this team. Because a few more of those, and it's really going to hurt your RPI. It's really going to hurt it. That's just the reality of the whole RPI thing. A few more of those kinds of losses at home, and it those are, those are daggers sometimes in your resume. But, and, and that's important. But I think... At this point, it's okay to look at it and go. Maybe this is number one. Well, it is number one—a wake-up call for that baseball team. A good old slice of humble pie. Okay, and a wake-up call to say that. Look, you don't just win because you run it out. You run out there, and you're Mississippi State. You better be ultra, ultra competitive, and do all the right things every single night baseball is the kind of sport where you can do everything right and it still didn't work and so you know wake-up call but it may also be a wake-up call for the fan base you're starting over in your pitching staff and now you're without jt again. okay you're completely starting over in your pitching staff let me say that again you are completely starting over in your pitching staff now that you're without JT again. And at the plate, you heard it. You already you have a already now a leadoff hitter that's a third of his way to the strikeout total that Jake Mangum had all of last year. We're approaching a point now where it's a wake-up call as a fan base to go, well, look at what you're losing in the lineup. And also, it may even be a wake-up call for some in the staff to go, okay, we we got to we're going to switch some things up to get some guys going maybe so um you know who those are and what those are I don't know I mean you don't just after one midweek loss your second loss of the year just throw your hands up and go nuts as a coach you probably going to stick with stuff but I think wake up call probably the right word for that Jason telling me that according, about the uh, high school fishing team regarding those kids. Jason says in the country, please in text. It's no longer a rescue operation, but a recovery effort. And uh, I'm kind of with you, Jason. You say you know you'd be shocked if they ever find them with the swiftness of that water on the other side of the of Pickwick Dam. Their bodies may be a hundred miles away. So sad. Hour two coming up.